This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. Bonus rendition of the podcast. Once again, always again, and brought to you by poppyapparel.com. If you're a woman and you like to shop online, go to poppyapparel.com. You get 10% off if you listen to the show by plugging in promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D when you check out, and it's free shipping worldwide. If you're listening to me on EMZT Radio, thank you. But for everyone else, you can listen to the show on EMZT Radio every Sunday afternoon. They have a podcast block between the times of 1 and 6. I'm usually on around 3.34. And everyone else who's listening, obviously, your usual suspects, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and I'm also part of the Pod Bros Network. Go to podbros.com, listen to my show there, listen to other shows, support the podcast family. And if you shop at Amazon, while you're at podbros.com, click on the Amazon banner. It takes two seconds, no cost to you. Go shopping, you don't even notice it, and it helps out Pod Bros Network. So, bonus episode, like I promised. If you guys listened to the last episode, I put it out there. I don't even know if my guests know that I actually threw them under the bus and said that we were going to do an episode, and if they weren't going to show up, I would probably replace them. So... But they are here this week. I have, once again, back by popular demand, the guys from Gato 5, Max and Jesse. Hey. Hey. I mean, you say back by popular demand, Steve, <laughs> but um, we haven't heard hide nor hair of you since WrestleMania. I've been busy, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it's he's, got, it's he's got all these guests now. He's got all of these comedians and he's all popular. He doesn't need us, Jesse. Yeah, right. How are we supposed to defend our DP title for best guest if um, we can't come on and prove that we're better than everyone else? See, you guys are fucked this year because this year I've had crazy funny guests. So you you have to pull it together this episode and uh, try and take the crown back because I don't know. You, oh, you might be slagging now. I'm a challenge. We'll rig the vote. We'll find a way to um, be two-time champions. Yeah, we'll trump this and we'll uh, yeah, we'll rig this up. I'll, Definitely, I'll, I'll make its own category just for you guys and make sure you guys win. How about that? Best wrestling guests that will work. Yeah, yeah. Best British wrestling guests that only come on every three months. There you go. Well, okay. How about this? Right off the bat, 
uh, let's reveal the curtain. I want to put out the challenge. Would you guys like to make this uh, usual thing? The four big shows. We, you guys come on and we talk shit about wrestling. Yeah, I, li- I like. That sounds doing good that. to me. I actually really like doing this because on our show, Got Till Five, just sort of we do our top fives, but we don't really talk about how we feel about current wrestling all that much. So it's really nice to come on here and actually talk about that because we don't get a chance to do it anywhere else. Yeah, because you guys want to make your podcast so-called timeless where anyone could just pop in and listen to it and not worry what's going on at the time, right? Well, that's the idea, but um, I don't know if it works, to be honest, because people, I don't don't know, like people um, will just skip over chat about current stuff, I suppose, wouldn't they, if they didn't care? Because it's not radio, you can just jump to wherever you want. That's true, too. Yeah, that is a good point. I, I never thought about that. Well, I, I just talk about yeah. everything. I don't care. If you listen now, if you're listening in 10 years from now, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is mad, isn't it? Because this is like time travel. So, like, someone who's not even born yet could be <laughs> listening to this in 20 years' time or something. Oh, there you and go. We'll be long dead. Well, probably. Yeah, well, exactly. you never know. I'm not, Technology. I'm not here anymore. I'm speaking to you from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are here, obviously. Some wrestling. So, you guys want to get into some, I guess, what's going on, and then we'll get right into NXT and... The WWE SummerSlam weekend extravaganza. The biggest pay-per-view of the year, party of the summer. That's what they say. I remember back when Survivor Series used to feel like the second biggest show of the year, but it doesn't anymore, does it? It's all about SummerSlam. Well, to reveal something too, I SummerSlam out of the Big Four is my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's nothing special ever happens other than Macho Man and Elizabeth getting married. What has happened at SummerSlam? other shows sort of have a gimmick about them don't they like Royal Rumble's awesome um, Survivor Series you get the classic um, like five on five matches and stuff but yeah you just got you got nothing with Summer yeah well they like you guys said too well they were dubbing it the most watched Summer Slam of all time how do you feel about that now they weren't saying the best or but what's what the hell does the most watched mean well of course it's going to be the most watched the, the more you do social media presence and you make it more accessible it's going to be a lot easier for people to watch it you know the network any idiot can pick up the network nowadays so that's it it doesn't cost 60 dollars a pop or whatever the hell it was before um like it used to that's how much used to cost out there 60 bucks they they were pricey like i remember in the uk like to get it on sky box office it was a stupid amount to to watch a pay-per-view Oh, you're saying before the network. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were saying when the network was launched, that's how much it costs. I was going to say, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, what else is going on? Oh, how did you guys uh, enjoy Renee Young as being one of the announcers last week on Raw? I loved it. I I thought, uh, and I've especially noticed it since she's not been a part of it, and we've got Coach back. Coach is unbearable. Like, (laughs) give me Booker T back any day with his quacky, quacky duck, whatever he was doing. That's true. Because, yeah, Renee just played it. You know, she didn't overstep. She didn't go too far into it. She she was just a good addition to to the announcing team. Yeah, exactly. I think, well, I, I don't know if you guys used to listen to her before in NXT, but way back, I don't know, maybe three years ago now, she used to announce every so often with JR yeah, yeah, yeah. and someone else. I can't remember who the third one was, but they used to announce too back in the day. So she, she I guess, has practice from before, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think she'll be, I, I hope she becomes more of a kind of staple. Um, isn't she doing commentary for like, WE Evolution, the women's pay-per-view. So we'll see what happens there. I believe so, because I would assume, what's her name, that did the mixed match 
challenge. Um, Edge's wife. Athena. Yes, I'm sure she's probably going to having a match because she's still in shape. So I guess that leaves Renee Young doing the announcing with maybe I don't know Mauro Ronaldo. Ronaldo would be good. I think. I was so. really disappointed last year. Um, no disrespect to her, but um, Lita did the May Young Classic stuff. Oh, she sucks. Um, last year, and I didn't like. I thought Renee Young's right there, man. Why would you get Lita? Like nothing against Lita, but she's not known as a commentator. I think um, Renee should have done that personally. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, if it's her and Ronaldo, that would be a good combination. And plus, it'll be an, an all Canadian connection too. So there you go. Oh yeah, we could. And I think personally, I don't know who's your favorite announcer of all time. I think Mauro Ronaldo is almost there. If he was able to start announcing the main card i think he would be on the same level as jr if not better because i found jr a bit corny yeah 100 percent. whenever ronaldo's on commentary he just adds so much more to the match his knowledge and just just the way he sells stuff because it always makes a difference when when they're passionate about it as well so yeah definitely up there it's refreshing to hear a commentator actually know the proper names of all yes. the moves and stuff as well which more <laughs> ronaldo does and no one else seems to and it's like jesus christ like that's surely like job number one if you get a job as a commentator in the WWE. You make sure you know all that shit. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get right into it. Let's go into TakeOver 4, Brooklyn 4, whatever the fuck they were calling it, because I guess they call everything TakeOver now. <laughs> yeah, I think this was take, TakeOver Brooklyn 4, wasn't it? So. Yeah, do you remember, do you remember TakeOver the when they had one called The End? Oh, yeah, and everyone thought that they were just going to get rid of the TakeOver names. Yeah, oh. yeah, it wasn't The End. Wasn't the, wasn't the end? And one of the worst takeovers. It was actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, my least favorite of all time, I think. Oh, there you go. Well, we'll see. Will this one be one of our least favorites? Who knows? But okay, let's start off. First match. Like always, they they tend to start off with a hot tag match. So we have the undisputed era with Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, Canadian, versus <laughs> Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bates, and Trent Seven for British. The- <laughs> Thank you for the NXT tag titles. Okay, so good tag match overall. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to preface this whole takeover because this is how I felt about a lot of this takeover. Undisputed Era and Mustache Mountain, they've had better matches. Yes. Like, I, I thought the Royal Albert Hall match was better. Mm-hmm. The NXT match I thought was brilliant. This one I went, yeah, that was solid. It. It didn't really blow me away, and I don't think I'll be revisiting it, but there were some, some cool spots in it. It's really difficult, isn't it, when you've had amazing matches before, like with the same people, and you know that more, just as many, if not more, eyes are going to be on this match, it being a takeover and stuff. Like I don't know. I know the Royal Albert Hall shows were a big deal over here. I don't know if your average sort of American or Canadian fan would have been that interested in watching them or not. I'm not sure. But like those matches were amazing, but it's yeah, you, it's difficult to replicate and replicate and replicate the same great match whilst keeping it different and interesting. And it was great, like Max says, it was a really good match. But watching the other ones, it it's not it's not at the top at all for me. Anyway, I think that's what surprised me about this takeover because rarely on a takeover do you get rematches, whereas. Um, only two of these matches were a first time ever. Um, four, three of these overall had happened before and happened multiple times, and that doesn't really happen with takeovers previously. That's that's kind of a main roster style. 
Um, but yeah, you say that I feel like I saw Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe about a million times. That's um, true. In NXT, that felt like that went on for a while. That went back and forth, but I loved the finish of this tag match. I thought it was quick, um, and they popped out whatever they called their finisher with the sweep and the kick. Yeah, um, the high really low, clean. as they call it. I love yeah. Kyle O'Reilly so much. He just he wrestles like an Irish gypsy, <laughs> and I like that. Well, but I have one thing against him. He's gimmick infringing because he has KO on his knees, on on one of he his does. knee pads. So what's that about? Is that hinting to so, something? But, but, who's he, but who's he gimmick infringing? There's quite a few KOs now. Well, the main one, Kevin Owens, in my opinion. Kevin Owens. There's Kenny, Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah, but he doesn't use the KO. He uses more the symbol and stuff, the, the Omega symbol. No, right? that's true. Yeah, that's true. So don't have to fight out. Uh, the one thing I keep noticing is that I clearly see how they're viewing Trent in the company of WE. He is just the full guy. He's the guy who has to get the hot tag. He's the guy that takes the pin. Um, I know Trent's getting on a bit in years and stuff, but right. he can still go by himself. It's a bit weird just seeing him as this kind of like full guy in WE. It's a bit weird. Well, see, see, here's coming from a guy who's never really seen him until he's been on WWE TV. Out of all those three guys, he's the one who interests me the least. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't, exactly I don't really care. He's just if, the guy that gets beaten up by everyone. Yeah, exactly. To me, he's he's just a jobber that's lucky. He has Tyler Bates to be attached to. That's the way I look at it. He is the pure Marty Janetti of that group. No ifs, ands, or buts. Wow. Yeah. In my opinion, guess, yeah. from here. No, you're right. From from people who don't haven't seen him on UK steam, that's exactly how he comes across. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a solid opener. I don't think it beats. What was the last takeover opening tag where it was like? Danny Birch and stuff. Batman. Oh God, Danny Birch and only Larkin against the yes. Feud era. That match yeah, was stunning. That was good. That, that was good. That was a great match. So yeah, this one was kind of a an interesting start to take over. So undisputed era wins with the high low. They keep the belts and then get smashed by the War Raiders. Oh yeah, Warriors destroy Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> no. Now are they face or are they heel? Um. Not, I guess their face in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, they're just big guy wrecking machines again, aren't they? So I always classify that as heel, but I guess they're tweening it. Well, it's Legion of Doom, isn't it? It's um, Road Warriors. It's the exact same sort of thing, and I've, I, I view true. them as baby faces. That's true. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, good one. All right, second match The Velveteen Dream versus EC3. Fantastic build. Loved the build of this. It was so 80s. It was, um, right? A little bit campy. And then the setup at the Royal Albert Hall was very, very interesting as well. Um, Valveteen Dream is money in my books. No, he He's, is. I, I hope he just goes to the top of the mountain straight away. Uh, the match was a bit hit and miss for me. I don't think they had great chemistry between the two of them. Okay, same thing. Because it I, was it was neither of their best work. I don't. I think no. They they've definitely had better matches. Um, but the build up was great. And Velveteen Dream having call me up Vince on the back of his tights. Yes, I thought that was hilarious. Yes, exactly. And now how this this huge conspiracy saying that no one knew. Come on, everyone knew and whatever. And now they're probably going to make that into a storyline and make it seem like he's getting heat from the office. And then that's yeah, maybe how he turns face. You know, you never know. Can right? I just get ready three hours before a show goes live and they walk around their gear and pretty much every promotion, like no one went, oh, well, no one's checked out what he's wearing or anything like that. Especially with Dream because he always does the custom look for takeovers as well. Exactly. Like, I can't imagine him being, you know, in basically a startup 
NXT as it is and just being allowed to do whatever the hell he wants um, image-wise. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's a question. What entrance music do you like better of EC3? His Trouble, Trouble, Trouble from TNA or the Top 1% now in WWE? I love the Top 1%. Really? I just can't help singing along to it. Oh. I'm, a, I'm, I'm with Trouble, Trouble, Trouble. Oh, 1-1. One, one. So, yeah. I guess the tiebreaker... Well, you're the decider, Steve. I, yeah, I like Trouble Trouble as well. I don't know. There's just something yeah. about that. It's just catchy. Uh, the, just top, the, top the, 1%, the top 1% song feels like, um, I don't know, like a sort of mid-2000s new metal sort of song. It feels outdated already to me. <laughs> Do you know what That's I mean? True, like yeah. like yeah. Roach should have released it in 2003. Yep, true. So is it fair to say this was the Dream's worst uh, takeover match? Yes. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you compare it against everything else he's done, I, I mean, what is this? His third or f- is this his fourth takeover match he's done? I believe so. Fourth. I think yeah, so. yeah. Um, Ricochet, the North American title ladder match, and, and Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Black. Yeah. Yeah. And so his first so, win too on on a pay per view. Yeah, I was saying. I was thinking when I was watching actually. I was, I was sort of thinking he has to win this because um, he's going to really start damaging his stock if he just. Yeah. It's known as the guy that has all this talk and then loses every couple of months or whatever takeovers are, you know. But was it just me or was the ending a bit choppy and not fluid? Like just that elbow drop to the apron and then he rolls in. It's like there's so much time in between where he could have just kicked out or something could have happened. I don't know. It seemed like something went wrong there. You don't see you don't see that happen. Do you? I mean you see people get rolled in the ring and um covered a lot. Right. But you, it never, it never gets to the three, does it? Except on this occasion. So maybe they were sort of going for a, a sort of unexpected end or something. But they're very difficult to get right, aren't they? Because, like you say, it just feels like something's gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, you touched on it too. Before we get on to the next match, Alistair Black. What do you think happened to him? Who do you think's the guy who hit him? Um, the thing I have with this is they've done this storyline a couple of times in NXT where someone gets attacked yes. in the parking lot and yes. then they drop it yeah. because yeah. someone gets called up and stuff changes so much that they just end up leaving it. Itami, didn't it? Um, Did you guys see his tweet, ago. by the way? Uh, Hideo's tweet about the whole situation? He, he said something like, oh, that NXT parking lot, I know how bad it is walking through it or something. Something on the lines oh, of yeah. it. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Did you? It was the video package they did beforehand with like who attacked, um, who attacked Alistair Black, right. and it started off with like three or four people. By the end of the package, <laughs> they named the entire NXT roster. Like everyone was just hanging out in this parking lot that night. It's like, and they had every like, fucking camera angle known to mankind, as if they were at uh, Fort Knox or something. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> So, I, I don't know. I, I think they'll end up dropping it and you'll never really find out. Um, oh, you think but, so? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know who, who could end up doing it. Maybe just they'll pull some... Because they literally showed everyone. So, it could be Lars Sullivan. It could be Velveteen Dream. Right. Even some of the, the female NXT wrestlers are in the parking lot. So, who knows? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I would assume the most logical would be Gargano. But then, who knows by the time he's ready to come back who's there and who's not, right? Yeah, exactly that. All right, let's go into our third match here. To me, I'm going to ruin it. I don't give a fuck. My personal f- best match of the night, and probably the best match of the weekend. I'll go even that far. We'll see. I don't really remember SummerSlam until I go through my notes again, because I actually watched it. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it, I guess, a few hours after. So, 
it's a long it's a lot of information to take in isn't it a four hour show I had to make notes I've, I've actually made notes on SummerSlam because I knew yeah. I just would not remember yeah exactly so the third match is the one and only Ricochet versus Adam Cole baby I'd agree with you match of the night for me as well um Ricochet once again proving that he's not human and he's just a ridiculous human being. I'm still seeing that gif floating around everywhere of the middle rope moonsault that Adam Cole just hits that super kick perfectly. Oh my god! And I was just gonna say that that was my that's the best thing I've ever seen in wrestling. That is so fucking crazy. That now to me tops mankind falling off the cage. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, I don't know how they timed that. There's so much room for error there, isn't there? Yes. Like, you could so easily just fuck that up and land right on your neck. Because he connects it, he hits right in the side of the neck, and he just pushes him very gently to complete the rotation. It was yeah. really well done. Yeah, so for those who haven't uh, watched re- rest or don't watch wrestling and are just listening because they like to listen, so picture a moonsault. I'm sure everyone knows what a moonsault is. So it's when you somersault backwards and flip. So picture uh, Ricochet doing that, and then Adam Cole kicking him as he's rotating in the air, and he's literally... I guess, 90 degrees straight, right before he hits the 180, right in the throat. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And how do you even practice something like that? Like, I don't know. You just have to discuss it and hope that it goes well. That's the best you could do, you know? <laughs> he does like a little stick figure drawing. And yeah, yeah, a little diagram, little, little comic script. <laughs> it's like, so what's this bit where I land on my neck? So, oh, don't worry about that panel, just ignore that. <laughs> but yeah, like that was he, the other crazy spot he did was when he did the Adam Cole was on the apron outside. Yep. Ricochet does the running uh, leap over the top rope and does the Hurricane Rana to the floor. That oh, is God, yeah. that's a crazy spot in itself, but it's just overshadowed by this moonsault. That's ridiculous that a spot like that can be eclipsed in the same match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's why. And all props, everyone thinks it's Ricochet. No, it, Adam Cole is half the man in that match. Half the, I guess, person, whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. In, in that match and it's one against one and you need a player to play with and if Adam Cole wasn't there like for example Velveteen Dream and EC3 you can't just put anyone with Velveteen Dream and think it's going to fucking work but in this case everyone always because everyone always har- I don't know about there but here in North America oh, everyone always harps on Adam Cole's work rate and this and that and him being out of shape and stuff so to me I don't know Adam, Adam Cole's money in my really? opinion oh yeah I didn't know that I shit on him I think he's fantastic he's probably the best WWE's got at the moment you know yeah, what? he's That's the whole. Yeah. He's like, I think they actually didn't they say on commentary that they they're sort of shades of Shawn Michaels in him and stuff, and I, I can see that with you know his sort of you know heel nineties coked up Shawn his sort of <laughs> arrogance and stuff that Adam Cole embodies so naturally as well, and that stuff can't be taught, man. That's such a difficult thing to do, and he just makes it look like the coolest thing in the world. The only yeah, thing definitely. that scares me is I don't know how they they don't allow a power driver, but they allow the reverse Heron Karana, where the guy literally could snap his neck and land all fucked up. I don't know how they keep pulling these type of moves off. Well, it didn't um, look at the first match. Trent hit a burning hammer variation. You know, all these moves that are kind of frowned upon doesn't really seem to matter in NXT anymore. I guess not, right? I guess well, it's easier. It's easier to get forgiveness than permission, I suppose. Well, I get, yeah, well, that's true. Th- yeah, that is true. But then we'll get later on to SummerSlam and what Jeff Hardy did, but that's besides the point. Let's go on to match number four. <laughs> match number four is the women's title match for the NXT Championship. So you got one of the four horsewomen, Shana, Shana? No, Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Okay, th- this is another match where, example, they 
their May Young final match was yeah. better than this one. True. I for some reason I didn't really care about this match, which sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, um, Kyrie's kind of been for the past couple of months just put on the back burner, not really appearing on NXT. Recently, she's had TV time to be like, "Hey, remember this person we signed?" and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I was ready for Shayna to lose the title. Well, you know what I think? Well, okay, we'll get into my prediction what's going to happen to, to Shayna after. But, yeah, I didn't think that she was going to lose the belt either. I honestly think this is going to be, okay, another sort of squash match where she just beats the shit out of someone and let's move on until someone comes out of the Mae Young Classic where it could actually challenge her, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really don't remember what happens in this match. Um, Me neither. That's well, how good it was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. She goes for the um, the Kira through the clutch, and then Saint just kind of does the roll back over and pins her uh, shoulders to the mat. So. Oh right, a la like Bret Hart versus uh, Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, exactly that. So you didn't even get the elbow drop payoff. Maybe that's why I didn't really remember it. But we'll, we'll see what Kyrie. Kyrie's become. I've noticed when she started, she was so like little and small, which was fine for for Japan and stuff. But she's really kind of bulked up. Um, as much as she can in in WE in the Performance Center. So she's definitely got a little bit of a mean streak to her now, but I don't know. I'll have to yeah. see how she is as champion before I get on board, I think. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and we also forgot to mention that uh, the North American Championship did change hands. Adam Cole lost to Ricochet. We forgot to mention the most important part. <laughs> that's true. Yes, what? of course, yeah. And what do you think of the idea of Ricochet being that champion it's good Steve. because to me it just means adam cole is going to be the nxc champion though just makes sense yeah good show so yeah i can see that working i i think it's uh it's probably one of my favorite looking bouts in we it's got that very old school 80s territories look about it it does doesn't it like something from texas or something right yeah, I love the you, belt. You can picture Ric Flair wearing it, can't you, in like the early 80s in somewhere. Where he holds it next to his nice suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But yeah, the, the women's match was, yeah, all right. It was, yeah, we don't need to spend more time. Probably the worst match on TakeOver, and not because they're women, because we're not sexist. We love women. Exactly. Anyways, I, 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 go I, ahead. I will just quickly say, I would, I enjoyed this match more than Velveteen Dream and EC3. Really? Yeah, so uh, not the worst match for me of TakeOver. Okay, I guess in work rate itself, you're right, but I guess the lead-up with EC3 and Velveteen Dream was so good, so that's probably why I was more invested in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. All right, the main event, fifth match, which is good for any pay-per-view. Five matches. Do you hear that, SummerSlam? Just five matches. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so we got... Two and a half hours, and we were done. Speaking of... Rematch after rematch after rematch, but these are rematches you actually want to watch. You got yes. a last man standing match, which feels like they've already done because they've gone through so many fucked up matches. But anyways, and it's for the NXT Championship featuring Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, um, again, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but mm-hmm. they've had better matches. You know, the the last match, um, what was it, the street fight in Chicago? Yes, when. It ended with um, Champa beating, beating Gargano with the DDT on the boards. Yep. I loved that match. And I was like, I think that was the problem with this match. You, there was nowhere for them to really go no. in terms of like topping what they've done previously. The spot where uh, Champa tackles Gargano into the barricade and just buries him, right. that was probably the high point of the match for me. Um, I did love the finish, but yeah, I, I, I think okay. I was just expecting too much. 
but knowing that they couldn't deliver on it. I yeah, liked the true. finish because I was convinced it was going to be a draw, as I'm sure everyone was that was watching it. And I was like, oh, right. a draw, that's a really lame, right. lame result. And then at the last second, Champa just rolls over and manages to fall on his feet. And oh, it was great. It was just so great because I was, yeah, just so let down by the idea that it was going to end in a draw. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, we touched it again. It's not the best match and we've seen it all already and there's so many spots again tearing apart the ring the handcuffs like we've seen all these things the thing that was pretty cool actually was that double table spot though with the table upside down i literally thought someone was going to get stabbed somewhere like not through the heart or something but maybe like an arm or a leg go through it by mistake especially how champa fell he fell long ways onto the steel and that's just fucked up man yeah when he said when when he set it up when gargado said it i was like what he's just he's leaving the table like that what's he doing <laughs> but then Moro did a great job on commentary again. He said that uh, he explained it. it was like it will produce more impact if the tables are pressed together. And it was like, yeah, did his job again. Um, William Regal esque um, kayfabe logic there. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was such a. It was a good match. It, it was. And Champa is Champ. I was not ready for Champa to lose the title because I've become so invested as him as a wrestler. Right. And now as champion, he's just absolutely perfect. As, he is. He's one of the best champions of sin. And, but in the match, classic Gargano, I was going, oh yeah, I want Johnny to win. I need Johnny to win this. And then when he didn't, I was relieved. It, it was such a weird switch in my head when it happened. You know what the fucked up yeah. thing about all of this is eventually down the road? That both of these guys are going to end up on 205 Live. Yeah, I said the exact same <laughs> thing when I was watching. I was like, you, you look Enjoy it now. over Johnny Wrestling is. And then I just know, coming to 205 <laughs> Live next week. Oh, God. Yeah, it's also, actually, I have a funny Tommaso story because I used to hate this fucker. Like, but not hate, like heat, hate. Like, like, if this guy was to never wrestle again, it would not bother me. Like, I didn't like him in ROH. I just... I don't know, I wasn't impressed because, again, he is sort of the cruiserweight build, and he was pegging himself as, like, a fucking Brock Lesnar dude, like, he could kick anyone's ass. And I just didn't see it. Like, now you see with the beard and the shaved head, but before he didn't have all that, right? And he also wasn't as cut as he is now, too, so I guess the definition sort of helps. But anyways, so I saw him live at a House of Hardcore show when they were here in Toronto, and uh, he was, like, the second or third match, and he was fighting, um, what's his name, Eddie Kingston. So it was a regular match, whatever, and I'm like, okay, this is the bathroom break match, sorry to say. And so no one's really paying attention to the match, and then all of a sudden you hear a snap, and the bottom rope fucking broke live during the show. And everyone, and that's what brought everyone back into the, and I guess back into the match, because everyone was like supporting them and everyone, like just go, keep going, whatever. And to their, because I think it was some kind of hardcore match they were having or street fight. So they ended up using the bottom rope as a as a tool to beat upon each other and whatever. But and now every time I see Tommaso Ciampa, I just think of that day of how far he's gotten because that arena maybe held a couple of hundred people and now look where he fucking is and what he's doing. In just a span of maybe three or four years. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. The, the guy has such a great, they both have such a great connection with the crowd but for That's very it. different reasons. Exactly. The fact he can still it. walk out with such a smarky product that is NXT, walk out with no music and still get booed to shit <laughs> is genius. Yeah, it's so true. So, since these guys are got to five and I like to do top fives as well, what do you rank this out of five? Um, I'd still give it a good four. Four, oh. four out of five stars. I, I've classified their other stuff as five stars, though. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, I'd um, I'd maybe go three point seven five. Oh wow. How much do you think? But it's compared to it would be higher if I hadn't seen their previous work together. Right. Okay, and I'll give it a decent three, because yeah, it wasn't cool. the worst, but it wasn't the best. But if I missed it, I wouldn't have mind. Because like I said, there was That's only that fun. one match. If that one match for the North American title wasn't on there, I would probably give this a one or a two. I really did not enjoy this takeover at all. No, it was the same. I, this is the first takeover where I've kind of left going, okay, so let's see what SummerSlam's got to offer. Um, and yep. I was noticing online, people were like, oh, TakeOver's done it again. And I was just—I feel like they were just saying it just to say because it. they've had to say it for every TakeOver. All right, yeah. so... Go ahead, sorry. It definitely has that feeling. Um, oh, did you just know? Did you notice in the main event when um, Gargano kicked the crutch away from Champa? It went straight yes. into the crowd. Yeah, I, and, yeah. Then, and then he did There's a double a take video of it hitting a kid. It, um, apparently, got busted under the eye. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think they took him backstage and like probably gave him a please don't sue gift bag and stuff. I don't know. Oh, because yeah, because I noticed that. And then you see Gargano do a double take to see if he hurt anyone. <laughs> yeah. Like he literally broke character for that one second. You saw his, he was actually worried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one question I want to ask both of you. At sure. the end, so when he does the kick and he goes flying into all of the stage equipment and stuff, yeah. Yeah. very quickly, Ronaldo, after the doctor's check on him, says he's dissipated his kneecap for real. Right. Like, that just felt very quick for me as a diagnosis. And now they're actually saying he's out injured. And really? I don't see the point of keeping him out injured. Do you know why? So, hot. so uh, like, is it genuine or it just feels a bit quick for them to announce that? Well, I'll tell you right now, they don't want to do another rematch. So they're going to make it seem like he's out for a couple of weeks, have Champa maybe feud with Alistair Black or someone else. And then Gargano come back again. And then they have their final match. I guess at war games would be their final match. Uh, I would assume makes sense. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, it's not, I mean, I don't think it's genuine. Um, Alistair no. Black is legitimately injured, which is why they've done this storyline. And remember that th- this was supposed to be a triple threat before Alistair Black was injured. So course, they, yeah. even NXT didn't have a rematch plan this quickly until they sort of had to. So, yeah, I would say that they're deliberately keeping Gargano out of the spotlight for a little bit so that it can have such an impact. I think Champa's just going to run rough shot for a while yep. and um, become so unbearable that when Gargano's music hits, everyone will just lose their minds, you know? That's yeah. true. All right, let's go on to the meat and potatoes. Well, not meat and potatoes, yeah. Let's touch quickly on the pre-show since there was three matches, but again, all matches you could have skipped, in my opinion. Well, maybe the 205 Live match was half decent, but still too short. Anyways, the first match on the pre-show was a mixed tag match with... Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega versus Rusev and Lana. I have all Uh, the time in the world for Andrade and Zelina Vega. I want them to be in everything. Are are you fucking kidding me? Even this? I, I, well, this match, no. Okay. This match, I kind of fast forwarded. But I I think Cien is. Yeah, I hated him when he came to NXT. Because I knew him when he was like doing all of his mass stuff. Oh, that's me trying to be a little hipster dick when they were announcing him I was telling like everyone I know like oh this guy's coming he's like one of the best you know mass wrestlers I can't wait for you guys to see him right. he flopped he, yep. he flopped hard yep. um, and I kind of had to eat my words but the minute they put him with Vega he's that's exactly what I was talking about how good he is 
I know it's just funny how much talent they do have on their roster that if you just put them either in some kind of stable or with a manager, how they would flourish so much better. I don't know why they don't do that shit more often. Yeah. They've got too much talent on the roster in general. They just, I mean, uh, uh, Riddle, um, Riddle's coming to NXT, isn't oh, he? He was in the crowd. Right. He was in the um, crowd, yeah. And it's just like... We just got Keith Lee as well. All these, yeah, yeah Lee, right? Yeah. They're just signing all these fantastic people but they haven't got enough. Um, they haven't got enough time to showcase the wall properly. So I'm sure they're getting very well paid, and it's very nice. But they're just losing their. We're just. We're not seeing them anymore. I mean, we saw um, Riddle at um, a progress show. Um, was it last year, Max? Oh yeah, when he won the Atlas title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And just stuff like that, like the treat that someone like that might turn up on an independent show. Right. And but WE are just stealing all the talent, so that's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah, I get so because it feels like they just call people up from NXT to the main roster because it's call up season or it's like the yes. tradition. Yeah. But if you don't have anything for them, don't call them up. Thank there's you. like there's no one in NXT barring Shayna Baszler that I want to see get called up. Yeah, yeah, maybe the undisputed era, but I could wait a little bit because I know they'll get ruined. But other than that, well, look at yeah. Sanity. Where the hell's Sanity gone? Authors yeah, of Pain. Where have they pain. gone? I know. Even the Iconics too. They're floundering. Yeah, it's it's just awful. Just Jesse's right. It's just too much talent, not enough time, or not enough management of time. Maybe even if they did not to like oh New Japan, but you know, even a couple of ten man tags to open matches just so people get screen time and stuff. You know what? Um, I would much rather have like one big battle royal and a five man tag match instead of these three matches. Yeah, yeah, completely. definitely. Like, you know what I mean? All right, so who cares who even won that match? I don't even remember, and it doesn't matter because they actually had a rematch on SmackDown. So who cares? Go watch SmackDown. It was probably a better match there, anyways. So pre-show. Second match would be for the 205, I guess, Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak. I love that name, though. Gulak. It just rolls off your tongue for some reason. <laughs> Drew. Versus Cedric Alexander. Yeah, again, 205 is kind of... It's a great product, and they're putting out great, great stuff. But where do you have time to watch it? You know, it's. I know it's just an hour or 40 minutes of wrestling, but... To put it on, I, I have to kind of force myself and remind myself that they are putting on great matches. Right. Cedric Alexander is a great talent, but yes. again, I'm, I'm just not invested into a five. Nope. I know. Same thing here. There's there's a disconnect for some reason. If, to me, it feels like a little bit better than main event. I don't know why. Mm. Make a two-hour, or yeah, make a two-hour NXT, but make the first hour 205. There you go. Or just have NXT and 205 together, and that's it, and make it two hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to watch two-hour NXT. I, I feel like they need longer anyway to get all the matches. Because the thing I've noticed with NXT recently is it's a lot of squash matches, right. and that's how they're getting people over. Yeah. And I know when a squash match is coming, and I tune out immediately. <laughs> it's so true. So, yeah, not kidding. Know, make it two hours and merge the two. But yeah, Cedric Alexander's a alright champion. Um Cool. Yeah, uh, well, I thought they were going to switch the belt here, but I guess I was wrong. So Cedric keeps the belt and they move on. Great. So match number three, An- another championship uh, match. This makes me angry. Although this match makes you angry? Okay, I'm going to tell you why it makes me angry, and then we'll hear how it makes you angry. So we got Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, other- otherwise known as The Revival, versus Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, known as The B-Team. 
with this is why I hate them with one of the fucking worst entrance musics of all time that I feel like taking off my shoe and throwing it at my TV. I cannot fucking stand this shit. It's so fucking oh my god! I don't. It, I don't even know. There isn't even a word to describe this fucking. Feels like I, I'm at, I'm at the circus when they come out. Literally. I yeah. I I really like. Um, I've always liked Bo Dallas, and um, I, I think I've always liked Curtis Axel. I'm not sure. I've always felt a bit sorry for him. I think. And I'm glad that they're getting. Um, I'm glad that they're getting a title run. I'm glad that they're getting a bit of spotlight on them. I agree. It's the, the, you're right. It's there's some it that. Um, there's something really unappealing about the, the way they're being a team at the moment. Yeah, I don't it know. It was cute was... to begin with when they won the titles. Yeah. It was cute, but it's been a couple of weeks now. Thank and you. I'm like, really? They're still the Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I like their more of their promos in the back when they cut in between. Like you'll see them later on in the show too. I think talking to the Miz and stuff. That's the way I like the B team, like that, and being, I guess, sort of like the what's his name, the Italian. That's that's actually Canadian. That had the Santino yes, like Santino, being yeah. the, the Santinos, like the comedy relief, like that. I don't mind, but when you take it in the ring and you put them up against a so-called uh, fucking shooter team, like it, I don't know. There's this disconnect. I, I I don't like it, and it just diminishes uh, the revival even more too. Revival are one of the greatest tag teams that WWE has. Yep. Um, my favorite tag team matches of probably the past ten years vast majority are going to include the revival yep. they are unbelievable and the fact that you know they get pinned with a reverse small package just made me so angry that you're right my shoe was off and in my hand at that point <laughs> all right there you go uh well one thing is for sure i'll tell you this much champa's entrance music is better than the b team's entrance music all right <laughs> yeah fair all right, now on to the actual SummerSlam event. Did they even do they still do it? I don't remember. I know they do it at WrestleMania. Do they still stand up and do like their national anthems and shit for the Americans or no? Because I, I didn't see it this one. No, I it think it's only happen, Mania. Did it? I know, right? Yeah, I, think, I guess it's only Mania. Now. Yeah, I guess they just save it for that now. But I, I assume before they used to do it. But anyways, okay. First match once again. Uh, so I guess it's déjà vu from the last time we talked. Again, once opening a big pay per view, you got Seth Rollins. With Dean Ambrose in his corner, a newly, freshly looking, gone to the barber look who also went to the gym, Dean Ambrose, versus <laughs> Dolph Ziggler and Drew Ma- well, with Drew McIntyre in his corner for the Intercontinental Championship. But before this, um, I just want to say, you know, um, WE have really um, been, they don't use pyro anymore, uh, with the exception of WrestleMania. But I think oh. you should use pyro at SummerSlam. I mean, the, the show started and it just felt like such an anti-climax straight away, just seeing uh-huh. the camera was panning over the crowd. They were, welcome to SummerSlam. But no no pyro, nothing to get us going. Do you know what I mean? Like, they can afford it for the four big shows, I think. They should still be doing it for that. Like, you're going to see my common theme throughout this whole SummerSlam is going to be an even more in- elongated Raw than you actually already see. To me, this was just a very long episode of Raw. There was, like, a couple of instances. Well, we'll touch on everything. Those guys will see what I'm talking about. But let's get into yeah. this match. So, again, you got Seth Rollins opening for the Intercontinental Championship. And stellar match, obviously. But... Not the best I've seen Seth Rollins. I don't know. I don't like this feud anymore. I'm, I'm done with it. It has been going on for a very, very long time. Um, and you touched on Ambrose coming back. Dude is jacked to shit. Like, yep. it, now he looks like the lunatic fringe. Now, Thank you. if I see him in a bar, I'm scared. Yeah. 
Because at one point he was standing beside uh, Dolph Ziggler, and he's actually bigger than Dolph Ziggler now, where before Ziggler was bigger. So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I always thought, um, I've never taken Dean Ambrose seriously with that sort of floppy hair. And, Thank you. Uh, he just yeah. looks like a little Eno kid. <laughs> but now, yeah, with um, sorted his hair out and that, and um, as you say, jacking up and stuff, I could take him more seriously. But I still don't like anyone that wrestles in jeans. He shouldn't wrestle in well, he's kind of rub- sure. rubbing off on uh, Rollins in that regard. I'm going to quickly touch on their gear. Sure. First of all, Dolph wearing the black lycra with the icy title on the crotch. Looks like those kind of, when you get the WE video games and you make your own attire. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. And then Seth's in, like, grey jeans. He's got a gold boot and knee pad and then a black boot and knee pad. I was like, what, what, what's happening? It's horrible. It's stupid. He looks like he, looks like he got dressed in the dark. Well, this, well, the whole thing was that that boot, if you saw a close up because they showed it after that he had jewels on his shoe so it was supposed to be the Infinity Gauntlet from uh, the Marvel Universe from Avengers but as a shoe instead of a glove that's why I think I would have been fine with it if the other black boot had matched the colour of the tights I think that would have been fine but you know like, yeah, disconnecting right. the black, grey and gold really threw me off yeah, thumbs thumbs down on the wardrobe choices yeah. always. fashion choice, bad um I, I, I didn't mind this match. I think it's the best that they've done. I didn't like the Iron Man match. I thought there yeah, were good no. spots. Yeah. It was a really slow start, but it really got going. And yeah. uh, I thought the, the finish was great as well. Yeah, it wasn't bad, yeah. Like I said, yeah, it was a good match. I found started. it so difficult to care about Dean Ambrose, uh, not Dean Ambrose, sorry, um, not to care about Dolph Ziggler right. um, for such a long time. And it's not his fault. It's just the fact that his character hasn't evolved in years. He has been at the same point of the card for years. Nothing ever changes. He wins the Intercontinental title for a bit. Then he drops it again. He's going to win it back at some point. And right. that's all that happens. It never. There's no progression with Dolph Ziggler. And so I just find myself sort of tuning out as soon as I see him on telly. Well, he, yeah, I think the last time I cared was when he was in that feud with The Miz and he was going to, like, retire and stuff. That was the last time I was properly... But again, it was for the Intercontinental title. Um, yeah, and it, and it was over as soon as it started. Exactly. Another quick thing I had with this match, um, yeah. it, it was a solid match and there were some great spots, but this was a 22-minute match to open up the show and yeah. it really kind of, not dragged in the middle, but the crowd went pretty silent at one point uh, and it got him going at the end but i just i feel like it should have been later in the car 22 minutes for an opening match that's true well okay speaking of stables and stuff here's my fantasy booking what if dolph ziggler and drew mcintyre recruit the revival and they become a stable oh i would love that right think about that. it they both yeah, think the same cool. way they, they're old school they want it to be back to the brawl and sprawl style and the nonsense and not these kids playing video games they all seem like they have the same personality why not make them a stable it'd be fucking great and now they're all getting tv time yeah you could do some great stuff with the four of them set I think mcintyre so. off to get the main title dolph stays in mid card right. and then they dominate the tag team division i love that idea Let's see, there you go. Book it, Vince. <laughs> you should get it on your tights. Book it. <laughs> I know, right? All right, next we uh, have probably your personal favorite. You have Nikki and Bree talking backstage to Renee. <laughs> you mean the Bellas plugging everything they're doing under the sun? Oh, my God, I couldn't believe that. That's all it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just... It was... Oh, I hate... I hate... It feels hard to say hate, but I just... The Bellas have just... 
they feel really outdated now. When you look at right. your average women's wrestler of today, they feel like a real throwback to a time that WWE seemed to spend all of their time trying to get away from the Bellas era of wrestling, other than when Bellas are plugging. Do you know what I mean? I know. It's, that's just... And it's just weird. It just feels like it feels so lame. And it really, even just them on the mic doing that with Renee, like it really highlights how they're just not up to speed with any of the other talent of today. You know, they should just be valets and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, If that just, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not bothered. If they never did anything on WWE television again, I wouldn't mind. Well, did you hear the, um, that this, this is a, you know, the guys on the Smarky Podcast websites and all that kind of, of stuff, course. they're apparently revolved, they're angling to get uh, Rousey versus Nikki Bella. Yes, I've heard that. And I'm just like, good God, no. Uh, yeah. just, why would you do that? Oh, don't what? worry. Bree and uh, Nikki will come up later in the in the show as well, because I got you talk, they pop up again, and there's also some new storylines evolving with them, and uh, it's just, I don't know. They're just good for reality TV and just keep them there. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'll admit I'd love watching Total Bellas and Total Divas, great stuff. But yeah, don't want to be in a wrestling ring anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Although Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella, very good soccer player. Really? Yeah, I believe she she was a professional soccer player when she was um, a teenager, I think, and um, did very well. Hmm. well so still, all, all credit to her for that. Well, I still don't care. Anyways, <laughs> remember, I live in Canada. We care about hockey, not soccer. That's true. I don't think they've ever played hockey. And uh, the, the, the hockey that we do over here is quite girly as well. Oh, there you go. All right, let's go on to the second match. Another championship match. It seems like every match is almost a championship match. That's why they have too many titles. So we got the New Day with Xavier Woods and Big E this time versus Harper and Rowan with Rowan wearing a sting mask with horns for some reason. I don't know. I didn't get that. You got the Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. So for this match, I can tell you what I was looking at on Twitter and Reddit because I was not paying attention to this. I was bored out of my mind. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I can't find it. I don't like the Bludgeon Brothers either. I don't like. um, I don't like that they think this. They're in Team Rocket from Pokemon, (laughs) and like this. But I love Luke Harper. I've always thought Luke Harper's brilliant. And always wanted to wanted him to do really well. I was so excited the other year when um, do you remember the lead up to Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE title at WrestleMania yeah. a year before last, right. which ended up being a just awful awful match. But um, the lead up and stuff when Luke Harper by uh, Bray and Randy and you had Randy versus um, Harper at the pay per view before Mania, and it was Harper might be getting a bit of a push here. This could be awesome. And it didn't happen. But I think Luke Harper is a real talent and he's wasted in something as stupid as the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, I think so too. Agreed. Nothing special. Yeah. But actually, you know Nothing what? Special. I did enjoy this match a little bit, tell you the truth, as as it got going more into it. But as soon as those fucking, oh my God, those two-year-old mallets come out that you could so tell they're made <laughs> out of sponge, I was like, I cannot. I, I, I know wrestling is fake, but this is just trying too hard now. I can't. I can't do it. So right there, yeah, they lost me. with foam mallets. Yeah, just, oh. I can't. I, I couldn't do it. And then there's a DQ, and then nothing happens, and it's like, okay, great, thanks. Thanks for coming up. They've been champions since Mania. Last time we would have been on this podcast, we would have been talking about them being champions. See, there you yeah, go. you're right. That's when they won them. Yeah, in that um, ridic- that was a rubbish match as well, wasn't it? 
<laughs> Just so your listeners know, I do have some positive stuff to say about matches <laughs> later on. I'm not going to be negative about the whole thing, but there's just a couple. Um, Controversy yeah, so, creates yeah. cash, right? So go ahead. Don't worry. <laughs> what do we got next? Yeah, who cares about this? But okay, one more, one last note. I seriously think that Big E should get a singles push and go for that world title and have the other two guys just stick as a tag team. I don't know why they keep doing this Freebird nonsense. I, I'm done with that too. That's getting old. Yeah, Big E was the standout of that. He was doing some really cool big man moves in that one. Yeah, he's a great worker, Big E. So third match, such a disappointment. This is where if I wasn't doing this podcast, I probably would have turned it off and not watched the rest of SummerSlam. Because as everyone knows, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And the next, next match, which I totally thought was going to go a complete 360, but it didn't, was Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens for the Money in the Bank contract that Braun Strowman was carrying around. The first squash of the evening. One minute 50 <sighs> this match lasted. Yeah. I could not Once believe it. You it. about you thought the match was going to do a 360. Kevin Owens certainly did a 360 outside the ring when he was close. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, that was good. I honestly thought this was where you're going to see, I, but I know he was still going to be out for a while, but I thought thing was going to come back, Sami Zayn and fuck over Strowman, and that's how Kevin Owens was going to get to briefcase, but I guess not. Yeah. Um, I've got to admit, I, I kind of loved this. I didn't hate on it. I thought, um, I love that Kevin Owens always has the custom gear as well. Yes. He had the custom money in the bank, um, KO in the bank. I thought that was brilliant. When he gets choke slammed on the ramp, he bounces. A man that size should not bounce off no. steel. No. For a minute, for a minute fifty, Owens took a lot. I think he, he um, there was that there was that clothesline we just talked about, yeah. where he sold that beautifully with that sort of backflip off of it. Um, yeah, he's great. I mean, I'm sure when Owens was told that's how this match is going to go down, he wasn't thrilled about it, but he made the most out of it. Do you know what I mean? He made. He amazing in less than two minutes yeah he got one move and he got that super kick which uh brawn no sold that's the oh, one yeah. move that he got in that's right yeah uh, i'm hoping we're gonna get like it sucks that kevin owen's been in this kind of squash feud he's made Strowman look incredible of course um I, I think they've made an iconic moment you know it's all about the moments on raw when the last big view when he got choke slammed off the top of the cage that was insane that spot i absolutely loved it um, so I feel like Kevin Owens has paid his dues now that he, I hope he gets put in something good from here on out. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll go, he'll be in the title picture now that Roman Reigns has it and he's actually defending it now, right? So we'll see. Right, exactly. well, at least I Spoilers hope so. for the end. But yeah, I was disappointed. I, I was one of those, I guess, internet darling nerds who thought that Kevin Owens was going to win the briefcase and cash in at the end of the night. But at least now the main event was going to be a surprise for me. Very true, very true. Next match, another championship match, a triple threat women's match for the SmackDown Championship featuring Charlotte Flair, who I fucking hate to shit, Becky Lynch, (laughs) and the reigning champ Carmella. And I don't hate her, again, this is not heat heat, it's if she was not to wrestle anymore, I'd be fine with it because she is, I'm sorry, she is not the greatest women wrestler of all time, she's not even halfway there, and I don't see it. I still don't see it. She's still too clunky in the ring for me. It, she's, she doesn't have this smoothness to her like I guess her dad had. You know what I mean? You could see how she's still trying too much. I don't know. It's just something that uh, that disconnects with me in her. So you're on the fence with Charlotte. <laughs> if that fence was burnt to the ground and it was hell, yeah. 
thought this this match is probably my second favorite match tonight. It was um, good. I wasn't yes. expecting it to be. Uh, the video, the, the thing I make that makes me laugh is the vi- video package didn't even show Carmella. It showed her like near the end. They just pressed it all together, so you knew going in this had nothing to do with Carmella at all. Oh, like, and I knew for that title, and that was it. I don't know which one was going to win out of Charlotte and Becky, but I knew Carmella was not going to keep it this time around. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the thing I, that got me invested in this match was near the start when Carmella pulled an Eddie and she slapped Becky as hard as she could in the back of the head, right. laid down as Charlotte got in the ring, and then Becky fought Charlotte did it. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah I dug that. That was cool. See, and I know I know we shit on Carmella, but she has one of the best suicide dives currently going. Literally suicide, because it looks like she's going to kill herself every time. That's what I love. That's what I love. <laughs> See, and there's another example of a wrestler that shouldn't be a wrestler and would be better off as a manager in Carmella. She'd be a great manager. I think so too. I think so too. But yeah, you got, I guess, a new champ in Charlotte Flair once again. I guess they want her to break her dad's record for, I guess, women's before it she reaches even like 30. That, doesn't it? They're thrown, like, I can't believe that. It feels like she only came up to the main roster yesterday. And what is she now? Like seven times? Seven, seven times. Time. She's tied uh, Trish, hasn't she? Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. Seven fucking time, but the best thing of the whole night to me that redeemed Kevin Owens losing in fucking a minute was Becky Lynch turning on Charlotte. Oh. To the to the biggest pop you've ever heard. The biggest pop of the night, see, probably. I'm not the only one who hates Charlotte. You see what I mean? It's because I think we're sick and tired of her being shoved down our throat as a baby when she's a natural heel. That's I think that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, and, and I feel like they've just misread the situation terribly. You go on any wrestling fans like you go on twitter you go anywhere becky lynch is the heartthrob of every single male and female wrestling fan out there yeah she is stupidly over and when she clobbered charlotte you're right jesse that pop i've i haven't heard anything like that in a long time and then they're chanting her name <laughs> and then chanting you deserve it and it's brilliant i just it was I like, laughed my ass off it was like when it's stone cold at the end of wrestlemania 17 oh there you go it was the same thing, wasn't it? Like, they tried to do this big surprise heel turn, and um, the fans just lose their fucking mind. They absolutely loved it. And then, yeah. did, did uh, tr- and jumping ahead to SmackDown, um, okay, thank when you. she tries to do the whole heel of her, yeah. explaining why she did it, crowd were eating it up. They were cheering yep. up again. So, me and Jesse spoke about this earlier, that WWE won't allow a heel to be that cheered, especially from a woman's perspective, from a woman's side of things. Yeah, because I don't know what... if they lead into this, they've got gold. But I don't know what they're going to do with that because if if they decide to be stubborn and take the John Cena and Roman Reigns route and keep her like this, like what... She even started cutting up the crowd and saying that, no, you guys are part of it too. No one uh, did the hashtag give Becky a chance or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? So she tried and people still weren't booing her and it's like... Back to the drawing board. And then board. that started trending. Give Becky a chance to start trending. I was like, <laughs> just like, it's not going to work. I hope they, they kind of continue with it because I love this mean side of Becky. But yes. yeah, it's just, it's funny that they've misread this so poorly. Well, same thing with, with Sasha Banks. Why is she still a face? Make her a heel already. Get it over and done with. Come on, man. Yeah. Sasha Banks is a natural born heel. She should, I, yeah, don't like her being face at all. Yep. And if you want to, you're right, Charlotte is a natural heel and she just doesn't. So imagine Charlotte if she screwed Becky out of that title. If it was the rev- yes, if it was the other way around. Thank you, you see? All you needed to do was just reverse those roles and then have Becky chase the heel ex best friend. 
Exactly. You got it. All right. Next match. Fifth match, which I don't know why it was so low on the card, but whatever. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles for the WWE Championship is our fifth match, which I believe is right in the middle because there was 10 matches altogether. Yeah, it's supposed to be Weird. their top title. I mean, I know they talk about they're trying to put the Universal title as their top title now, but the history that WWE title has, and to just pop it in the middle of the card like that, and it's not the first yeah. time it's happened. See, it was the same with um, WrestleMania and all sorts. It's been happening in every pay per view for the past however long, you know. Yeah. Here's, here's, Vince is quite happy for his main title to be defended by two TNA guys. Don't I was, give a shit. See, I was just going to say that. Here's my main thing. Is it because they were both two TNA guys? And even to the point where the crowd started chanting TNA as soon as the, rank, the ring, uh, the bell rang, you, like, you could hear yes. it. Like, there was no muffin. They were chanting TNA. And that's pretty fucked yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is my favorite match of the weekend. Oh, there you go. Okay. I love this match. It was a good match. Except for the ending. We'll get to that. Now, I, I love the build-up. Because I haven't really been paying attention to SmackDown. So I wasn't too familiar with the build-up of this okay. match. Right. And then they were showing um, Joe talking shit about his family and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then having his wife at ringside. Because... You and me were chatting about this, Jesse, didn't you? That you feel like it cheapened it a bit. I feel like there's so much history between Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Like, I'm not sure about bringing in this soap opera storyline <laughs> with AJ Styles' family and stuff. But I don't know if it's really necessary. They've got a wealth of um, history to sort of delve into between the two of them. Yep. And I don't think WE cares about bringing up TNA history now, especially now that TNA doesn't exist anymore. It's all impact now. That's and true. It's, and, I mean, they've had... Dixie Carter, they've had interviews with TNA people. They've shown yep. TNA footage on yep. like the Hardys um, 24 thing and all that stuff. Um, so I think they could have, they should have really plunged and gone into TNA history and stuff. And I think that would have made this a much more interesting storyline, personally. I think Joe is making, he, he's taken this family angle and just made it so much more interesting with it. Um, the, the Obviously, the, the finish of the match um, with the standing on, he stands on the announce table after driving AJ into the steel steps and gets on the mic and says, I'll be your daddy. I just thought that was <laughs> See, and not just brilliant. him saying, I'll be your daddy, but his face and I'll be your dad. Like, so disgusting yeah. and creepy. It's like, oh, get out of here. Samoa Joe is so underrated on the mic. Like, yes. people never talk about him as being one of the best promos or the best talkers, but he really is. He's just so good. No, I think is. people are starting to pay attention now, now that they're giving him the time, because he's just been killing it on, yeah. on the mic. Um, I thought this match, the pacing was brilliant for me. It was. I, I loved what they did. That Some of the spots they were doing as well, you can tell that these guys have worked together for the past 10 years and that they're good friends because yep. they were kicking the shit out of each other and you can only do that with your best friend. Yeah, especially at the beginning with all those, uh, I guess, they went Japanese strong style for a little bit and that's just... Yeah, and and even so, uh, Samoa Joe's spinning power slam, that, that was fucking nuts oh, too. Oh God, that was brilliant. That he was, has oh. the best power slam. Now like. he does. Before that, I thought it was gold dust, but now he does. <laughs> that yeah, was just definitely. nuts. That yeah, was I nuts. think it's Joe, Goldust, and then Randy. I always like a power slam from Randy. Yeah, that's not too. Yeah, he's not too bad too. So, what do you think of the ending? Another DQ. I it made sense to DQ. It wasn't like Nakamura AJ with their DQs. That was just frustrating okay. and like you were just because the thing when they did it with Nakamura and AJ was they they never got out of the gates and when they finally started to build halfway through the match, it would end in a DQ. Right. When it was Joe and Styles at, at SummerSlam, um, it was a case of 
Joe had given him everything, and AJ had given Joe everything. So Joe couldn't hit the muscle buster. So he was like, fuck it, I'll just incite him to go nuts on me. And I, I thought it was a good way to finish that match. Agreed, agreed. Well, here's my opinion now of this, why it was the fifth match. It was the fifth, uh, well, again, because now it's almost as if they did an intermission, because then Elias comes out for a segment. Now, this is where I start thinking, why is this raw? Because back in the day, you didn't have these type of segments in between. It was strictly all about the wrestling at pay-per-views, right? Yeah. You'd have a once in a while in the back interview, like Hulk Hogan hulking up or something, or people training or whatever, but nothing to the extent of this. So you have Elias come out, which still one of my favorites. I, I, yep. I, can, I cannot yeah. hate this guy because every week, this is why I love him. Every week he comes out. And just when you think he's turned, in, like turned, I mean, like he's going to be faced because he starts talking all this nice stuff. He turns like that on the audience and it's like, you motherfucker. We actually thought you were going to say something nice and then you just rip it into the audience and it's like, oh my God. He just does it so well. And his facial expressions, even when his guitar breaks, it's like, he's just sitting there. He's like, what the fuck? I'm just looking around like, ah. Uh, and that, there you go. Yeah. It, it was it fantastic. Was um, and Elias is someone that I just could not get behind in NXT. He's a prime example of did no. not work in NXT. No. That drifter gimmick was horrible. The main roster. Yeah, the, the drifter gimmick didn't really work for me because I'm sorry, but whoever's watching TV can't really associate being a bum, so you kind of have a disconnect. No, and if you're a drifter, why are you... Surely, you're, if you're drifty, you drift around. But he found himself in Florida every single week to do NXT, so he can't be drifting that far. Maybe he didn't have good cardio and he couldn't go anywhere else, so... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Big dude, yeah. But this, the guitar breaking thing and all this stuff from SummerSlam, it was just weird. It felt it like a, I, I mean, I love the segment. I love Elias, like you two, on the mic and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it just felt like a really flat, weird ending. I it know. didn't go anywhere, did it? No. I just didn't understand it. No, I don't. I didn't get it either. I think now his whole the whole gimmick thing is people interrupting him, something going wrong where... Because now it's to the point where it's where... Remember when John Cena used to have a rap every week? It's like, okay... How many raps could John Cena have? This guy isn't fucking Tupac. Like he's not. He doesn't have a whole Bible. Uh, Bible, anyways, a whole journal full of uh, rhymes. You know what I mean? Eventually, he's gonna run out. So I think that's what's going on with Elias now, where he's pretty much saying everything he can. So instead of him singing every week, let's have someone interrupt him every week, so he doesn't have to sing anymore. Yeah, maybe. Have you listened to his album? Uh, no. Why would I? <laughs> he's. He's released an album. It's on Spotify and stuff. Oh, I know. It's just quite. Um, I mean, if you like, if you like Elias's promos and his sense of humor and stuff, his um, the lyrics in his songs are sort of along that same sort of. Oh, thing, is it? Like, oh, okay. Funny. So it's it's not really him being serious. It's all still tongue in cheek, then. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Did they okay. also do like a kayfabe documentary on the network? I, I saw that. Yeah, but I know there's like a documentary on Elias as well. Yeah, I saw the preview. Recording it and yeah. talking about how great he is and stuff. Yeah, it's brilliant. And then, and this is where I think this was an interview because you have now then a pants to the Miz in the background doing his best Edge and Christian impersonation, walking down the aisle. And like I said at the beginning, the B team shows up out of nowhere, and they start talking. And then you have a little back and forth banter. Some again, a little bit of comedy relief, and B team gets one up on the Miz. And I guess that was it for that segment. Yeah, it, it was. It was funny. It served its purpose. And I, as you said earlier, that's all the B team should be in my eyes at the moment. Exactly. See, that's where they fit good, and that's where I had no problem with them. So, speaking of Miz, let's get right into the next match. What is this? Match number six, I believe? Uh, yeah. Yes. Like <sighs> I'm starting to get out of breath. All right. We got 
Another match I was kind of sort of wanting to watch just to see what they would do with it, and they disappointed me. The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I don't think either of them will be happy with um, that match, and I think they'll be quite glad. That, I mean, based on the ending, it's obviously not the end, and they're going to have another match. Oh, um, of course. It's, and they'll both be happy with the fact that they get to have another match, because I just, I just don't think either of them were really on their game for SummerSlam. All right. And um, if we want to go back to wardrobe as well, Daniel sure. Bryan's new gear is uh, horrible. His, uh, his Seahawks tribute. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. But that, that green is just like the wrong shade of green, man. Yeah, but that was the theme of the night. Oh, no. Sorry, AJ Styles had the 205 purple, and now Daniel Bryan had a, a neon green. So maybe it was just in tribute to Naomi because she wasn't on the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one's Naomi, cheers, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this was not what I was expecting. Like again, another disconnect somewhere, somehow. Like it started off okay, okay, going back and forth, exchanging each other's moves, great. It's been there, done that. Everyone's seen that already. But the ending, just another thing that just happens outside, and Daniel Bryan rolls in, and there's a few seconds where he could have kicked out, and this man's kicked out of so many, but he can't kick out of a miss punch with brass knucks. Come on. The, the yeah, there, there was a lot of. Because I've been looking to look forward to this match for a long time. As they said, this has got nine years of history. They've stumbled into this storyline accidentally. There's no way they planned any of this. No, of course not. But um, there were some very good elements in this match. As you say, the, the back and forth with the moves. Um, I like it when Miz was doing the no kicks at him. And then <laughs> Brian just starts slapping the shit out of him. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but yeah, the minute they showed Maurice at ringside with the baby... I just knew there was going to be a screwy finish. And I yep. think I was just waiting for the screwy finish. And then they showed her on camera. And then five minutes later, uh, Corey mentions Maurice. And I'm just like, ah, oh, Maurice is going to do what she did when he was feuding with Dolph. Ah. And give him a spray can or they're going right. to chuck a baby at him. Or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you were, hoping, you were hoping for another fake baby, weren't you? I was hoping for a fake baby. I was hoping for a Snitsky-style punt, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> that would have been um, crazy. <laughs> it would have been great but the minute they showed Maurice I knew there was going to be a screwy finish which is why I think I couldn't get as invested in this match as I wanted to because I've, I've been dying to see this match um, I, I love The Miz I think he's one of my favourite wrestlers but yeah just the fact that I knew a screwy finish was, finish was coming was a bit like oh dear well here's the thing before even this started I was like oh my god I know exactly what they're going to do and SmackDown already happened, so we already know what's going to happen. But for those of you who haven't watched SmackDown, too bad. But I already knew this was going to take place somewhere down the line where it's going to be a mixed tag match versus two reality shows because it's money for both reality shows and for the WWE. So I thought that Brie was going to come running out and smack Maurice. Did not happen. So was to happen the following Tuesday on SmackDown where it was announced they're having a mixed match at fucking Hell in a Cell. Just as like I predicted. Yeah. And but, now but they're not getting the rematch that they fucking wanted. Miz. It's just ridiculous because like you guys were saying too, they wanted to have a rematch where it would be better than this match. And now they're still not going to get it because their wives are involved. It's true. And then they'll build, you know, this is going to go on until Survivor Series, I imagine. And it's a case of... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, haven't we already had the reality show match when it was John Cena and yes. Nikki Bella versus Miz and that lot? Well, we just so had it just on the on the pre-show. It. 
we had the pre-show match of the the manager and her client against the husband and wife team as well with Lana and Rusev. So now we're doing this all over again. Yeah. Well, they must have thought that the mixed match challenge worked so well. Let's let's incorporate it into normal programming. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Maybe that's going to be the next brand, the mixed brand. <laughs> it's never going to end. The fact that Daniel Bryan is a reality TV star as well is <laughs> ridiculous. If you think about like the history of Daniel Bryan, and I know, right? We all loved him a few years ago and stuff. And now he's a reality TV. If there's one wrestler that I would have chosen to never be one of them, it would have been him. Yeah, completely. Someone who goes, nah, it's not for me. But that's the world we're living in, and proving once again that they have mishandled his return. Probably could have been the greatest return in wrestling history. It's right. not exactly Shawn Michaels coming back from his back, is it? It's not not up there, not up there. And he's, I, I don't know if that's maybe what they're playing into in the long game. Could very well be um, him kind of snapping, and because he even said in the trainer room with the very hilariously framed him holding the ice pack to his head oh with my a God. graph of brain damage <laughs> next to him. <laughs> you know, and he said, like, this return is not going as I wanted it to. So maybe that's what they're aiming for. I don't know. But at the moment, meh. Yeah, that was, one, that was horrible acting on Daniel Bryan's part. Horrible acting. You go watch the show. I'm just going to hang out here and punch some walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of horrible, the seventh match we have... Constable Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor, or sorry, sorry, no, no, Demon Balor. Oh, uh, you can't hate on this. This was a beautiful moment. This was a good, yeah, this... Just the me, entrance. This, at least this match served a purpose, and it was for um, my baby boy Finn. So, I, yeah, I can't, um, I can't say anything against it. But it was that a waste. When the Demon music hit yeah. was awesome. It was, but that's all it was for, really, because if you think about it, to me, it was a waste. You waited all this time to bring him back, and you bring him back against Corbin? Really? So this is what I didn't understand. I said this to Jesse, and you made a good point, that if he was going to lose at WrestleMania, why bring back the Demon? Because it just weakens the Demon character. Right. Uh, but he's had quite a few high-profile matches that he's won, and he hasn't broke out the Demon. Yeah. But for this season... But with Monday Night Raw being what it is, it's all about moments and memories and, you know, quick snippets of life. Uh. Um, and this is a moment, you know, the ballad, the demon comes back. And if you look at the alternative, do you really want to see Finn Balor and Baron Corbin wrestle for 12 to 15 minutes again? Nope. No. So <laughs> I was happy that he just kind of squashed the constable. Uh, the constable is a stupid name, <laughs> by the way. The constable? Yeah. I like the way you say constable as well. Constable, I really emphasize it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool makeup. He needed to put his tongue away a bit, but that was about it. He looked like, yeah, he had his tongue out too much. He looked like one of those um, pugs that have been inbred just that one too many generations and they can't put their tongue away. <laughs> just really struggles with his breathing, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I guess not much else to say about that then? A great reappearance. No, I, just before we over. move on, I will quickly say that um, hopefully this is uh, the start of Finn starting to get put in good storylines and do well again because he's been floundering for quite a while now. Well, and Raw, he's he my... challenged for the title. Yes, he did. Well, yeah, that, uh, if they can keep it up, then um, that would be great because um, he's, he's been one of my favourites for a long, long time and I hate to see him um, not be utilised as well as he could be. Hey, 205 yep. needs more talent, so you never know. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare say that. <laughs> Next match, you got the crazy, maniacal Jeff Hardy versus 
Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. Championship. Worst match of the weekend. You think so? Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if it was a bad, bad match or if I was just exhausted by that point, but I didn't enjoy it. But I don't know if it was my fault or theirs. That's true. Well, there was only the one spot where he does the swanton onto the fucking apron like a like a fool. But that's what made me laugh because he did an interview last week saying about how he doesn't do the swanton at house shows anymore. His lower back's really hurting. He's got to take really motherfucker then jumps on the ring apron. And then on SmackDown, he put a Randy Orton and did a swanton through a table. Yeah. All right. If it, if that's his back hurting, I can't wait to see him fucking healthy. Anytime soon. <laughs> That's true, right? But again, disconnect because as soon as the match starts, he starts with the delete chance for some reason. Yes, yeah. Even try. Uh, I did enjoy that back and forth between Shinsuke and Jeff when they're doing their taunts at each other. Oh, that, I did find that quite funny. Jeff did it pretty well, especially with the the makeup. It looked even better. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty good uh, imitation going back and forth. That's for sure. That was probably the best part of the match. Tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, that was my favorite bit of that. Yeah, it was pretty flat, and the, I think the the crowd felt pretty flat by that point as well. I think they were as tired as I certainly felt watching it at that point. And you could see Jeff was just doing his best to sort of try and get a rise out of them. And even he gave up at a certain point. He was like, oh, this isn't working. I can't get anything out of you. Yeah, thank goodness the next match happened. Otherwise, that main event would have been shit on to no end. Yes. Um, but Randy that coming out and then walking away again. So fucking weird. I know that, it, so they explained on commentary that his new idea is that he wants to knock the heroes of wrestling, the current top guys, off their pedestals a bit. Okay. But, like yes. some sort of legend killer or something. Yeah, but the, the old version. Right. <laughs> the young right, the youth yeah. killer. But <laughs> just comes out and walks back. Yeah. This is what I don't understand about wrestlers, by the way. Wrestlers who do an appearance or they'll come down. They'll be doing an interview backstage. This is all they do all night. They'll do an interview backstage, or they'll walk someone down to the ring, or they'll make an appearance, and they get changed into the little pants and booties for it. Where are your street clothes, mate? Yeah, that's true. Why was Randy in his gear? Why was he in his gear? Not to show off his thighs. He's got beautiful yeah. thighs, man. Come on. you got to show those things <laughs> off. Yeah, fair. Fair point. So, yeah, it was... That was a bit of a that match for me. Yeah, it was. All right, well... Nakamura wins. Kinsasa, as usual, keeps the title, and there you go. Now, it makes I... Jeff look like a bitch as well. I think. I think um, it didn't do Jeff any favors at all the way that he lost that. That's true too. Well, on to the co-main event, I guess, as you could call it. You got uh, another championship match as we roll right along for the Raw Women's Championship this time, where you got the challenger Ronda Rousey versus the champion Alexa Bliss. A couple things right off the bat. First. Natalia coming out with wearing the Anvil's jacket, great touch. It made no sense, but still a great touch. I don't know why. Again, I'm Canadian, so maybe that's why. No, it, it, was, it was a great moment. The, the only thing that did annoy me about this is Natty came out, Dad's jacket, lovely moment. Alexa Bliss comes out next. And that was my next gripe. I hate when the champion oh. comes out first. Because right away you know that, okay, first off, you don't care about her being the champion, and you're sort of leaning towards us wanting to think that the challenger is going to win because she's the bigger deal. Yeah, I don't care who's coming out, who, how big a deal they are. They did this all the time at WrestleMania, and I mentioned this last time, it annoyed the shit out of me. But your champion, no matter who they're facing, even if it's a guarantee you know they're losing, they come out last. Yeah. Of course. So, so yeah, we got this match, and 
pretty much exactly how I thought it was going to go without interference because I honestly thought there was going to be some interference again. But where, yeah, did, thought... where did Natalia go, by the way? So she came out. Yeah. I, I assumed she was going to go on co-commentary or something, but she wasn't even at ringside. Where was she? She, was, sit- she was sitting front row with the Bellas, which we'll see later because that comes all oh, into effect. Right, okay. Right, I, see? I missed that. I missed her jumping over the barrier or whatever she Well, oh, and first off, um, is it Ronda Rousey or is it a fucking Sensational Scary 2.0? <laughs> she did the makeup, yeah, or something else. It was either that or Black Swan. I don't know. Oh, yeah, but I, I even heard one, but... a ripoff of The Barbarian as well. Yeah, yeah. But the imagery of that, I thought Ronda looked like an animal. Bliss looked like a little girl, and Ronda just looked like an animal. I and, thought that was a really cool like. And that's what I didn't like. It looked like, see, she's supposed to be faced, and it literally looked like she was the bully coming to beat up the little schoolgirl. Like, you know what I mean? It was just. She was the bully. Like, the way she toyed her in the match, she just kept going everything. to the crowd. Who wants a new champion? Yeah. I'll close my eyes just as easy. That's another thing. We were talking about this, weren't we, Max? The um, Be A Star advert that they mm-hmm. showed as well. And WE have all been doing this Be A Star anti-bullying campaign and stuff. The whole concept of wrestling is bullying. <laughs> it's true. Like the, whole, the whole thing. You Wrestlers bully other wrestlers. Even the face wrestlers bully the heel wrestlers. And that's right. Every storyline is bullying. Not kidding. And yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. And yeah, and as you say, this Ronda thing felt like that as well. But we're all cheering the bully. No, not me. Like, like uh, you guys know already. I'm an MMA fan, and I can't break the two apart. When, I, like, the only exception is Brock Lesnar and the earlier guys, like Ken Shamrock and whoever, because I was still a kid, so I don't know any better. Yeah. But now that I'm into MMA, I know what Ronda could do, and it doesn't translate well. Like, I, I don't know how they did it with Shamrock, because obviously Shamrock ended up being a fall guy every so often. But even back then, he's the world's dangerous man. How could this guy lose against a wrestler? But I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Ronda now moving forward. That she's champ. Yeah, you're, well, you're right. So, it is really hard because I said this to you, Jesse, didn't I? That it's a case of um, I find it so weird from a from their business standpoint that UFC stars, boxing stars, are always better than wrestlers. They're quite happy to admit that. I know, right? All the time that UFC is. And of course they are, they're legit fighters, but it just feels so weird for them to kind of just admit that all the time. Yeah, it's so true, but what's even more weird is then when she wins, the Bella sisters come in and Natalia. Now I'm thinking, the night before, <coughs> NXT put up a post of the four horsewomen uh, there at NXT, but now all of a sudden, where are the other three? They're just gone. And now, here's the thing. This is what I think is going to happen. So Shayna lost her belt. Ronda won her belt and was there with new friends. So is there going to be Shayna going to come up and attack Ronda out of jealousy? And that's how Ronda cool. might lose her belt? Because honestly, who else could take her belt away other than Shayna? Well, well, yeah, this is why I said earlier that the only person I want to see get called up is Shayna Baszler because she is the only legitimate threat to Ronda at this right? point. There's exactly. Nobody else on that roster who I could believably see have a 20 minute match with her. Well, maybe Asuka. You never know. Maybe, well, well, I'd like to Asuka. see her. Do you remember her? Do you remember her <laughs> undefeated streak and how we thought maybe they'll do something with this? No, no. See, didn't. another reason why I hate Charlotte. You see what I mean? There's so much bad things to go against Charlotte. She just ruins everything. She, she is the female John Cena, she just ruins people's careers. 
I started this podcast liking her, but you've convinced me, Steve. You see, I, I tend to do that. And and how 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 is uh, the Trish Stratus looking at nowadays? <laughs> Since the news instant, yeah, it's, yeah, not good. She's coming back, isn't she, for the women's um, she's, the evolution? Yeah, thing. she's she has a match against Alexa Bliss. That that one's actually been booked. Yeah, in, I I thought that didn't Mickey James challenge her on Twitter and stuff. I would she much did. rather see Trish Mickey. And where is Mickey yeah. James? Because she wasn't on Raw this week either when Ronda brought in every single woman's wrestler. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe something's going on with her too because you haven't seen her on TV for a while. Because now they, they they paired up, yeah. what's her name? Uh, the the crazy foxy chick with uh, Alexa. And remember, that used to be things spot. So Mickey, yeah, you're right. It's, I don't yeah, know. Maybe something has happened. We just kind of switched um, over our heads or something. Yeah. Yeah, but I liked um, in this match with Ronda and Bliss, I did like at the end when she was pulling the arm back. And I know they've played on Alexa Bliss's double jointness before. Yeah. But the way it just pulled back and popped out, I thought that was just such a cool image. Of course that it they is. had on there. Because you yeah, could actually, for someone who doesn't watch wrestling, you take that as a picture and it's a still picture now and you literally see her arm bent the other way. And you're going to think, holy fuck, she got fucked up yesterday. I, I want to go watch it and see what it's all about. Yeah, totally, exactly. It serves its purpose perfectly. And I think um, Ronda did an amazing job as well of um, lifting. She did what Jeff Hardy couldn't. She lifted the crowd and got a reaction out of them, which um, was is a skill, you know. She um, was brilliant at that. The only criticism I'd have is I think she's been spending too much time with Natalia with that sort of, are you ready, guys? Yes. Come on, you guys, shouting all that shit yes. all the time. And Natalia does that all the time, and it gets on my nerves. And I hope Ronda gets out of that habit quite quickly. Yeah, well, actually, Jeff Hardy was doing that a lot during his match, where he was pounding the yes, ground. All right, guys, let's cheer and this and clapping. I'm like, this ain't an indie show. What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it just doesn't doesn't work in a massive stadium. Yeah, though. it works on the indies, not with 15,000 people um, yeah. at all. But yeah, she's the champion now, and yeah. the celebration lasted longer than the match. Yeah, pretty much. The thing that made me laugh, we spoke about like moments and stuff. The, the raw commentary literally called us out. Uh, there's a point after that match where Michael Cole just says, "It's all about moments." Exact quote: "It's all about moments." I was like, "Yep, yeah, that sums it up perfectly." Yeah, just one moment to the next, and no, no uh, um, threads to connect them. Did you see that on Raw? That that's what made me laugh. When mm. um, jumping ahead here again, but like. The Shield reunite, and Michael oh, yeah. Cole screams constantly, "What a moment! What a moment on Raw! This is a great <laughs> moment!" And we're like, "We get it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I think but they're yeah, trying to do? He's got he's got Vince McMahon screaming oh, yeah. that into his ear as well, so it's just like a uh, it's like an echo effect. And I really think they want to replace all the NWO images with the Shield images because that's what it seems like is going on here. With like, I mean, yeah. the main three, like Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hogan, but these three instead. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's hope no one says anything racist on a tape. That'd be fine. <laughs> hey, they're still young. You never know what could happen. They're still young. Just don't get caught. You can say it, just don't get tape saying it. See, that's yeah, what you got to. Steen's had that haircut. He looks like he might have a racist edge about him. You see, that's right. why you got to do podcasts like us because I have to e- heavily edit this because of all the racial slurs that we drop throughout the show. So. <laughs> said that on our last podcast oh did you people are gonna start believing it oh no then no it's not true then no 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 we're not racist (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get to the main event then yes 
well, when I watched it again, I watched it on time delay, so I saw how much was left. So there's yes, 20 minutes left, too. and I'm like, okay, so it's going to be a short match. And then the entrances happened, five minutes gone. And then Braun Strowman's music hits, and he decides to cut a promo saying that he doesn't want to be a coward and cash in behind someone's back, but he'd rather be an idiot and let everyone know he's going to do it. So, okay, I guess his morals are different than mine. Coward, idiot, I guess whatever's more important to you. But by the time this match started, there was what, 10, 8 minutes left? 8 minutes, I think, there by you the go. end of it. That's and fucking then crazy. I, then I thought 2 minutes for like post-celebration, so this can be oh, a 6-minute match. That's and right. Actually, it clocks in at 6 minutes, 10 seconds. Wow. You see? So, also, with that promo that Strowman did, yeah. it made me laugh, because he's like, I'm not going to be a coward, I don't want to jump people on their back, yeah. but I'm just going to wait out here until one of you's been beaten up bad enough, and then I'll then I'll do it. And like, that's the other thing. Triple threat match. Yeah, I know. So, so, well, at first, that's what I thought was going to happen. Okay, it's going to be a triple threat. Well, that's half decent. Like, I'm sick of seeing Reigns and Lesnar already. So at least it's something different. But then he just goes and stands there. And that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, this guy just said he doesn't want to jump someone from behind. So he'd rather wait, let someone beat someone else, and then jump him from behind. Okay. Yeah, they just batter their lifeless body. Yeah, makes sense. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it I, was... It was sort of genius booking to bring Braun out and keep everyone interested. Because that stopped the crowd booing the match or leaving early. Well, no, not really. Things that they could have done. Because at one point they were chanting, you both suck during the match. So it really didn't help that much, did it? It it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. Well, that's true. But the fact that you have to do that um, for your main event is surely that's a red flag like that's a really bad sign isn't it that you have to actually have a plan to keep your crowd interested in what you've tried to book as your biggest match and that's and you see what i mean and now like again i never hated brock lesnar i always hated vince mcmahon for doing what he does with brock lesnar but if brock lesnar was not signed to the wwe right now i guarantee you we would have had our first women's main event for a pay-per-view because i could not see anyone else go into that position where brock lesnar is versus roman reigns overshadowing Ronda Rousey winning her first title. Yeah, very true. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, You're right with the whole Strowman thing because that's what made this match. Because I said to you, didn't I, Jesse, that I heard what the finish was and that there was some screwy stuff going on. And I was just like not excited to watch Brock and Reigns again. But watching the match, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, It wasn't too bad. I liked the Strowman aspect. And when Brock just snapped and started beating the shit out of him with the chair and stuff, (laughs) I thought that was great. And that distraction caused Reigns to hit that spear. And then the timing on that was really well done because the ref, Roman got the cover. The ref counted very quickly the free count. And you'll notice Brock... One, two, three, Brock Ben rolls the shoulder up. Yeah. And I just, I like the timing of, of how they did the finish. See, and that's the other thing about Brock Lesnar that no one gives him credit for. His selling and his timing is impeccable. Like, when he was taking those those Superman shots or Superman punches, oh my God, it was like he was actually getting hurt and he was flabbering all the way around the ring, falling, getting back up from one knee and stuff. And now the man's good. And even when he threw the briefcase, I thought he was going to fucking take someone's head off. He actually broke the LED board, didn't he? Oh, yeah, but it's okay. He's Vince's boy, so he could break whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, uh, but 
but you're right. I, I agree with you, Steve. He's very, really talented dude. He's really good at what he does. And as you say, a lot of people hate on Brock for what Vince tells him to do. Yes, it's not. It's not like it's up to Brock. You know, he exactly. goes out, and says what he wants, does what he wants. That's not the case at all. No. He's, he's a good employee, and he does what he's told. Yeah. But um, I thought uh, there was a point after when Brock went mad and um, battered Braun and Roman was fucked. Um, I thought Brock was going to leave and just get counted out. Oh, okay. And I, I thought that would have been great if they're trying to get all this heat on Brock for being part-time and not oh, putting wow. his shift in and stuff. How cool would that have been if the main event of SummerSlam, he's just like, nah, can't be fucked, and just leaves. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I didn't sign up for this with this extra guy at ringside. The, yeah, the way exactly. it was going, that would that would have worked out well. Yeah. yeah that, well, great. yeah, like, because you as saw it, him. As it turns out, I don't mind Brock not having the universal title anymore. Oh, that's better um, that way. I like it better this way because now you actually have a, yeah. you could see other people be champ instead of it bouncing back and forth between Brock and I guess Reigns. Well, yeah. Vince, Vince wins, you know, he's got us to go. Thank God Reigns is champion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Given no, the no one really booed when he won. There's been louder boos for Reigns and stuff. Everyone was that there were a couple, but it's definitely gone back to that Cena style 2006 where you have. Let's go Cena, Cena sucks. I was sure. hearing that a lot in that match of like, let's go Reigns, Reigns sucks. So they've got the crowd split again, that's for sure. Yeah, but you know what now? This is just, again, this is just Vince being Vince and actually thinking ahead because everyone's like, oh, why Reigns champ? But think about it. When Braun eventually cashes in on Reigns, you know that pop that's going to fucking happen? Oh, it's the smart gonna fans be... are now just going to be watching for, and they did it great on Raw. Yeah, they did. So um, Strowman's, tried to cash in at SummerSlam. He then yeah. tries to cash in the next night. Yeah. That's planted in every smart's head now that he's going to cash in whenever he can. So they're going to watch to see Reigns lose that title. Exactly. But see, but now it's diminishing again, Braun, because now he's looking like a complete idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So, we don't uh, want to have a Baron Corbin situation. No, don't, he... don't make him fuck up anymore. That's it. You teased it. Wait a, wait a few weeks and then let him cash in. And then there you go. Off to the cash races. in at Survivor Series, I'd like. Or even Hell in a Cell, I wouldn't mind. I don't want Reigns as a long-term champ. Reigns, to me, is like Cena. I like them chasing the title. I don't know why. I don't like them as the champ because they come off very cocky as as a face. Like, look, I'm the best. Look, I conquered everybody. I'm your champ. Love me. Love me. I, I don't know. I don't like that attitude. Baby faces chasing titles is always better in my opinion. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That is so true. All right, so yeah. out of five, what do you give SummerSlam? I really liked it. Um, I preferred this a lot more to take over. I think I was surprised how much I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Um, obviously, there's a couple of misses, but I, I'd right. give it a good 3.75. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You're very, you must have been in a weird mood today, Max, or like in a really good <laughs> frame of mind. Um, I, I didn't... I found it a bit of a drag. Um, it had its moments, and... It's too long. I can't. I refuse to give any pay per view over two point five stars if it's over four hours long because it's yeah. just a ridiculous amount of time. Okay. And yeah, I give. So it, that's what I'll give it. Uh, me exact same thing. Two point five. Yeah, it's fine. I think um, it beats um, it beats the last couple of Summer Slams. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it does. And that's only because, again, all you're seeing all the NXT talent being called up, and I think that's making a big difference on the main roster. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to point out, I, I find this interesting. Jesse's kind of ignored it when I've told him, oh. but the, <laughs> the difference between SmackDown and Raw, I feel like, was really well highlighted in this whole pay per view. Yep. So, bout about every single SmackDown match was 88 minutes. All the Raw matches were 41 minutes. Wow. So, three out of the six Raw matches were less than five minutes. Five out of six of them were less than 10 minutes. So, only one of them went over 10 minutes long. And I feel like that just speaks volumes to the two products of how how much the wrestling is viewed. It's why I enjoy watching SmackDown because it's more wrestling focused. Yeah, no, of course, most definitely. Well, you could tell Raw's just an advertisement billboard nowadays. So, what can you do? Yeah, completely. Well, that's it. Raw is. Um, I mean, I was saying to you, Matt, like you can see why that because Raw's got all the big over-the-top characters that don't need to wrestle for twenty minutes because. They just need to get their storyline across quite quickly, and you can do that with your big sort of over-the-top characters. Whereas SmackDown is all about the wrestling, and it's quite it's it's quite good really that they're at least separating the two because it wasn't that long ago where it felt SmackDown was just both you were just watching the same show every week, and at least no. now now you get something different out of both shows. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of other shows. Well, when this is aired, it'll be just right before, but most people probably will listen to this on a Monday because people don't listen to podcasts on the weekend, even though mine drops on Saturdays. But anyways, <laughs> the NXT UK Women's Championship is going to be crowned this weekend in your neck of the woods, my friends. She is. Yes. They, oh, she is. They are, yes, in, uh, in Birmingham. So yes. if it's anyone... It's Tony Storm, right? There's, there's no one really else. Or it has to be. Uh, what's her name? The Dakota Kai? Is that her name? Nah, I, I don't see uh, her given to an NXT. And also to crown a New Zealander. You know what? That's NXT true. UK champion. I don't even think of that. Yeah, You're right. I'm just thinking because she's more known to the WWE audience. But no, Tony Storm has a good following. So yeah, that makes sense. But Tony's Aussie, isn't she, Max? Yeah, she is. Yeah, actually. but she's ours. We've we've taken her. That's yeah, right. fair enough. And as I saw Z- is Zaya in this match, Zaya Brookside. Yeah, yeah, Zaya's in it as well. Oh god, who else is in this? Um I'm just gonna pull it up and find out. So Dakota Takai, Rhea Ripley, Ginny, uh Isla Dawn, Millie McKenzie, uh Nina Samuels. Wow, yes, yeah. Um Millie McKenzie, um I don't know if you know her, Steve, but she's one nope. to watch. She's amazing. She's like eighteen years old or something, ridiculously oh, horrible. And um just proper talent she's really really good yeah, yeah I don't know that much about the British women's independence scene the only thing I know and, and only because she's Portuguese because I'm Portuguese descent is uh, Killer Kelly but that's about it other than her I really know nobody out there at this point yeah mm. Killer Kelly would be a good one the The outside one I can see maybe winning it if, if it's not Tony is Ginny because Ginny is a great heel uh, she'll have to change up a gimmick because her gimmick is the queen and I think Charlotte might have might have that one not locked down, but Ginny's the only one I can see outside of Tony that could win this. That's cool. Well, and next week we also speaking. of see, I also have some WWE in my neck of the woods where Raw and SmackDown are coming to Toronto. Ooh, you going? Uh, no, I don't support the main <laughs> roster. I only see Indies and NXT. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't want to see. The problem is. If I get seats, which I could afford to a Raw and SmackDown, I get nosebleeds because that's all I could afford. So I'd rather watch it at home. Whereas when I go to an indie show or NXT, I could actually get closer and see them instead of looking up at a Jumbotron. 
So that's the way I look at it. It's just too expensive. I can't go watch yeah. Raw or SmackDown. No, I would be the Makes same. No sense. I would go and watch the main ones. Yeah, because I actually did look into it, and I was like, "You are you fucking kidding me? For these tickets, I could go to like fucking an indie show every weekend for the whole year. Fuck that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So and no, you're, I and, you're even, and it's not even likely you're going to get good matches. No, that's true. Actually, you know what? I'm looking forward to uh, August 31st. It's going to go on sale, and I'm probably going to try and get tickets to this. It's going to be the Ring of Honor New Japan World War of Worlds is coming to Toronto. Oh, yes. so that I'll probably go see just because of New Japan. Yeah, that'll be ace. So other than that, that's that's what I'm up to in the wrestling scene here in Toronto, I guess. What uh, you, you guys gonna go watch you anything? Weren't, you weren't tempted to travel to Chicago for all in. Uh, no, I enjoy my life and I don't want to get murdered. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't need to go Fair to the yeah. the capital rate of the world. Uh, well, in North America, that's the highest rate for any city of death of murder. So no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Well, I can understand that. Like I've been to Chicago. It's the most miserable place with the most miserable angriest people i've ever met in my really? life wow all i know i've never been and all i know about chicago is um cm punk and the blues brothers okay and cm punk's an asshole so, so cm punk's don't. an asshole and the blues brothers uh um well one of them's dead and um in film they're in jail i guess well let's wrap it up <laughs> on this then since we're talking about cm punk what do you th- speaking of assholes what do you think of this whole lawsuit between him and uh colt cabana he's finally like done it where the crowd where like wrestling smarts actually hate him now it's quite impressive they've they've suddenly realized that yeah he is an absolute arsehole haven't they when those texts have been um shown and stuff that he's been sending Colt cabana and yeah it's um, it's a shame really it's a shame because they you don't even if he is an arsehole you don't like to see people who were such good friends fall out like this do you like imagine yeah. if you and me max fell out over summit like a podcast it just seems so stupid oh you, you would you would definitely be the punk in this scenario <laughs> oh god yeah you mean the successful one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just ridiculous how it could have gotten this far but i don't know or again see me always thinking that everything is a work is this a way to get them back into the wwe's good graces or even just cool cabana's good graces because cool cabana still wants his wrestlemania moment right so you never know It'd be hell of an achievement if um, if that's how it all went down. Um, apparently, talking of um, uh, women like we just were um, for this Evolution pay per view, WWE have reached out to AJ Lee because uh, really? she keeps topping. She keeps topping all of the polls that they do, sort of saying which woman would you most like to see return, and AJ Lee just smashes them all. So um, apparently, wow. WWE. I, I'm sure AJ Lee will say no. But WWE have officially reached out to her. See that. So we'll see. But could it be because of the punk effect? And everyone thinks that if she comes, then punk will eventually come back? Yeah, maybe. But I, I think uh, as long as she's Mrs. Brooks, um, that, that we ain't seeing AJ Lee back in the WWE. No, never again. And I think everyone's now finally clocked on that they're never seeing CM Punk back, or at least not for many, many, many years. And they're never going to see him wrestle every, again. Every, everyone comes back. Everyone so, comes so, back, but he'll be back. in his 60s, reluctantly going into the Hall of Fame. It'll be a Bret Hart thing, yeah. I yeah. was just going to say, exactly. Because, like, hey, Million Dollar Man says, everyone has a price. You never know. Exactly. Very true. Very true. You never know. The UFC thing hasn't worked, so that's true so plug yourself guys we're at the end of the show we've done our wrestling talk we have thank you for bearing with us everyone (laughs) hope you like wrestling 
Well, yeah. Well, that's why I'm dropping it as a bonus episode because if you download it and you start listening and all you hear is wrestling, then you could turn it off because, like I always say, I don't care. I got your download, so thank you. Yeah, exactly. I like. I like. There you go. And we can we can sort of we can take your downloads as ours, can't we? So like whatever numbers we can just claim as our own. Yeah, sure. I think that'll work. That'll work nicely. Um, we are doing an episode this week. It would have already been out when this comes out. As of a day, we're doing top five SummerSlam matches of all time this week. So we thought we'd keep on the SummerSlam theme. So tune in to hear what me and Jesse think are the best SummerSlam matches to ever happen in the WWE. And where do you tune in, Max? Oh, there's many wonderful places that you can go to. You can go on onto our website which is www.got205.com or you can search for us wherever good podcasts are found but mainly itunes and spotify you motherfuckers got on spotify we're on spotify, we're on spotify. are you not steve you're not in the cool gang no can i get the rub please i i need in <laughs> just have a word we'll the, yeah we'll give you the rub we'll speak to we'll speak to mr spot <laughs> <laughs> mr fi um <laughs> So yeah, got till five everywhere, and you'll find us. Follow us on Twitter. That's pretty much the only social media we're on, and bother with. And we like talking about wrestling. So if you do, come have a chat with us. Yeah, tweet us or whatever. Just get in touch, and um, yeah, we'll we'll chat to anyone about anything. We're quite lonely people. Yeah, yeah Max and just like to get touch. So make sure to reach out to them. <laughs> <laughs> he knows us well at this point. All right, and as far as for me, the usual, poppypearl.com if you're a woman and you're listening, which I believe is maybe one of you, but you never know. But if you're that one... Can you not be be an adventurous man? You can, but I don't want to promote it just in case Poppy Apparel is not cool with it. But then again, a sale is a sale, but I don't know how they are if they're like us and just whore out product and don't care, but you never know. (laughs) But anyways, go to poppyapparel.com. In this case, if you are a man and want to live on the wild side of things, or how about this? If you like, in my instance, I'm very tall and my wife's very short, so I can't wear her clothes if I wanted to. So, if you like to wear women's clothes and you want to impress your wife one day, <laughs> go to poppyapparel.com <laughs> and purchase something there. You'll get ten percent off. Use promo code the podcast with a capital D. If you're listening to me on EMCT Radio, thank you. If you're not, you could check me out on Sundays. If you like to listen to terrestrial radio or internet radio, go to EMZT or Google it. I don't know what it exactly is. It's some plug-in player that's somewhere. I don't know. Google it. You'll find me. It's on Saturday, Saturdays? No, Sundays between 1 and 6, around 4, and then the usual sub subjects. It's been a long fucking wrestling weekend. I can't speak. <laughs> Anyways, listen to me on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podbros Network. Go to there. Do something with fucking Amazon. I don't know anymore. Uh, finger styles you could follow me on instagram twitter you could follow the podcast at the podcast dap on twitter you could email us the podcast dap at gmail.com and no for all of you's asking master p is not dead i did not fire him he is not gone it's just because i'm not doing solo ones anymore so we've decided to transition into our separate i guess lives or beings he will come on eventually and help me out when i do solo ones again but Let's just say he got picked up by something that actually pays him. So that's why he's not able to help me anymore. As is my life. Aww. I bring everyone up and they leave me for something better, motherfuckers. Uh, well, um, we, until we got picked up by Spotify, we were going to stick with you, Steve, but we're probably <laughs> going to leave as well. <laughs> you mother, it's okay. I, I got my stand-up comedians to keep me warm at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're, we're, you're, doing, you're doing fine. Maybe Master P was holding you back. That's what I reckon. 
Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Tis true. Well, on that note, he's Max. He's Jesse. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>